When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What up, everybody? This is Mega Ran. This is Matt Mania. It's a podcast that I talk about wrestling on. Fans' perspective, but I think a respectful fans' perspective who's not, like, trying to be smarter than the guys who do it for a living, but from the perspective of a guy who understands a little bit of the grind. That's that's kind of Matt Mania in a nutshell. Look, it's Matt Mania in a nutshell. Oh. There's a great comedian by the name of Hannibal Burris, who has a joke where he talks about sports framing his way of thinking and how he talked about uh, Kobe Bryant's entire career being 18 years and all the different things that had happened in that time. And uh, I think the same way about sports. Like, sports does frame my way of thinking a lot of times. And right now, it's a crazy time for basketball. Basketball is going ham. Like, players are just leaving teams like, like there's no tomorrow. Kevin Durant leaves Oklahoma City, going to the Warriors. We got D-Wade going to the Bulls. D-Rose leaving the Bulls, going to the Knicks. It's just madness right now. And I think what it's doing is it's creating a bit of a, in wrestling talk, it's creating some heel turns and um, even some face turns. So that's what this episode is going to be all about. And it's with my man Kay of Moody Black. And uh, me and him go way back in the Arizona rap scene. And um, I think that uh, he had a, a bit of a negative outlook on, on the scene and on a lot of things that was happening at the time. But now that we're older and wiser, we go back and look at it, and we realize it wasn't that bad. Also, he's a huge wrestling fan like me, so we get to talk some wrestling. Um, my recommended match, highly recommended, is Payback 2013, Dolph Ziggler versus Alberto Del Rio. Super vicious match. Oh my gosh. Uh, a lot of fun, though. So, check it out. I think you'll enjoy it. But uh, we're going to be talking about Raw from July 4th. I thought there was three great segments. Um, one involving AJ Styles and Cena. One involving New Day and the Wyatts. And another involving uh, two of the three members of the Shield. Because one of them is not there. But anyway, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about music. We're going to talk about the scene. We're going to talk about classic double turns in history. And we are going to get it cracking right about now. There's one... Of course, the one double turn that everybody talks about being the absolute best one. But there's an arguable one as well that we chat about. And a lot of good stuff going on. So, I am going to go into this week's episode. But first, I'm going to play a little bit of the John Cena commercial 
that I think was really, really well done for the Ad Council and uh, really encapsulated the, the spirit of America and diversity. And so big shouts to John Cena for doing that. I thought it was awesome. It was really well written and, of course, well delivered by the man. Big match, John Michael. So anyway, I'm going to go play that. And then I'm going to talk about, I'm going to do the, you know what, I'm going to do the interview first. And then at the moment where we talk about it, I'm actually going to run it. All right. I'll talk to you soon. It's Mega Ran, Matt Mania, Kick, Moody Black, NoiseRap.com. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Ring the bell. Yo, what's going on, everybody? This is Mega Ran, and I'm back with another high-impact explosive episode of Matt Mania. I'm here with a special guest, my boy Chris Martinez. You may know him as Kay from the amazing group Moody Black. What's going on, Chris? Hey, how's it going? I just came here to talk wrestling. That's all I care about. All right, okay. So <laughs> we can skip all that other stuff. But at some point, I'm going to lead into it, and I might be like, yo, so, you know. Uh, we, we just talked real quick on your podcast, and... um. I'm going to try to make sure that these don't come out around the same time or that we don't just talk about the same things. But we were just talking for an hour. So I want to make sure that to lead people in appropriately that we have been just we've already been shooting the breeze for a minute. We have also that we go way back. Uh, we go back to probably um, early in the Arizona hip hop scene when I moved out to Arizona Um and it's, we were just talking about how we're kind of two of the last ones standing. You know, the scene has uh, undergone a lot of changes. But I think that that was the beginning of a really cool, maybe like a renaissance a little bit in the Arizona rap scene. What do you think? I think it was. I think it produced some awesome people that are still, the people that are still doing it. I think there's probably more than, uh, I don't know, it's a tough thing. I don't know if there is more than just, I mean, us doing it on a level that, that we're doing it at. Uh, I think there's still a lot of guys that are back there and holding it down in AZ. If you ever go, I mean, you're still in AZ. You know that scene's still kind of there. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of those same faces are still there. But yeah, that's that's we we go all the way back to those those days in AZ. And talking to you reminded me how awesome it actually was. Because you know I always hated it. I always be like, oh, I hate AZ. But you know what? I don't I don't really think I feel like that anymore. See, that's good. That's me. I bring the positivity out of everybody. You do. <laughs> Pop. You are a nice nice dude. What can I say? I'm a nice guy. I'm trying to be the nicest guy in hip hop. I'm I'm working on that title. I think you're, I think you got it, man. Yeah, I don't know who else like who's well. Chesky, we always say is a super nice guy. That's true, but he doesn't do he doesn't do awesome video game songs. You know, <laughs> like how you can't be like a dick and like make a video game nah, like rap you, album. You can't, can you? Nah, I don't no, think not, you can. Not unless you know. I mean, I guess you could make it based on like super villain. Yeah, you can make a villain I mean, rap out. What, what are, who are some of the dopest like villain video game characters? Uh, um, gosh, there's Sephiroth from Final Fantasy VII. He's he's a dick. So if um, someone did an album and named it after him, they could be like a badass rapper, right? That yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because cool. then people would like they'd have to kind of hate him. Like, dude, he's got to be evil. You know. <laughs> and yeah. you know how serious these guys take those games. So. Oh, absolutely, man. Wow. So. Anyway, let's go into wrestling because this is a wrestling podcast. What is your earliest wrestling memory? Like, when when did you come in? I came in like as soon as I was born because my brother is ten years older than me, and uh, he was a professional wrestling fan uh, when I, when I was born. So like mm-hmm. my earliest memory, I was born in '86, 
So I was right around when things were really awesome, like WrestleMania two or three, three. But I mean, I can't remember that because I was too young. But I remember it being on in the background. So as a baby, I remember like hearing like Jesse Ventura and shit like that. Like I remember the voices and the way pro wrestling sounded. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> like that's what I remember. But then like when I got old enough, like four or five years old, I remember going and renting all sorts of Coliseum home videos <laughs> wow. at the local video store and like getting into like WrestleMania one, two, three, catching up a little bit and then being totally into like Saturday night main event and that entire era back then. I was, I was in it since I was like three or four years old. Wow. Okay, that's dope. So you said 86, so I, I decided to do some quick research and quick math. 86 was WrestleMania 2. There you go. Um, I Which I couldn't remember. It. So 3, I was like one year, turning 1. And that's the best part, dude. That's WrestleManias amazing. always fall on or near my birthday. Nice. It's epic. WrestleMania, uh, tw the one in Phoenix, 26. I think it was 26. Was it 26? Uh, was it 26. I think it might have been whatever. WrestleMania in Phoenix was on my fucking like actual birthday. Was, Sorry for cursing. On was, my birthday, I was there. That's dope. That's the that's the first one I attended in person. That's awesome. Well, yeah, there you go. I, and we I saw, go all the way back. So. That was Shawn Michaels' last match. Um, yeah, a lot of big stuff happened that time. That was it, pretty much. And then Bret Hart came back and did that the the angle the really poorly executed angle with, with McMahon. Oh, he, like whooped on Vince McMahon, just beat him up. Yeah, yeah, that was a little weird. <laughs> um, but WrestleMania 2's main event, do you remember what it was? Well, they had multiple locations, but the main event was uh, King Kong Bundy and Hogan in a, in a cage. Yes, it was. Uh, yeah, they had a couple main events. They did the boxing match as well and some other stuff. Uh, so when I go on my tours, I usually ask wrestling trivia in between songs. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and um, <laughs> no one could get the main event of the first WrestleMania. What? For some reason, they couldn't remember. It was the, the mixed tag match. Yeah, and they couldn't remember Paul Orndorff. Like nobody remembers <laughs> Mr. Wonderful. Yeah. You know? Well, that makes sense. You know, poor guy. That's he was shame, a, he man. was caught up with three ridiculous stars. Well, four if you count Muhammad Ali. Yeah, yeah, he was kind of <laughs> overshadowed a little bit there. Yeah, but, but he was awesome, by the way. Paul Orndorff was, was unsung. Dope. Definitely. Dope. I like that guy. All right. So now, moving into wrestling today, what what do you think of the product these days? Like right now. Uh, it's, I used to be a mega hater of it for <laughs> over the last like two years, but I've come to the point now where I'm really trying to do kind of like your angle and I, which I really appreciate in life in general is like mm -hmm. trying to find the positive in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it hasn't been hard because it's been getting better, uh, since like the last, the last WrestleMania, uh, was kind of cool. I mean, it didn't have any business being good, but it was just like WrestleMania 30 was like a card that shouldn't have been as good and it really was and a lot of these young guys in nxt it's like exciting right now like i see a lot of really good stuff going on but like we talked about earlier in our other podcast the the main problem seems to just be like like legit like logistics like mm. uh logics like actual logic and like follow through and storylines don't doesn't make any sense uh <laughs> they're just missing the writing element and like an anchor of like having something happen at the beginning of Raw that we follow throughout to the end and like continuity and like reasons why people are fighting that makes sense as opposed to it being completely bizarre and like no one knows why we're seeing the same match every night on Raw <laughs> four or five times. Yeah, the continuity is is something that's just missing. Um, so we were just talking about Raw, July 4th Raw. Did you see it? 
I did see. I saw most of it. I mean, it's very hard to sit through three hours on Monday Night Raw these days, but yeah. I, I tried. Luckily, I, I don't have cable, so I can only see it on Hulu so that I see the 90-minute version. Yeah. So they cut out a lot of the, the fluff, I would think. But uh, I just wanted to talk about a couple things that I, I saw, and we talked about it too. The uh, the New Day and the Wyatts. What do you think about what's going on with this? That's the most amazing thing happening, I think, on Raw right now. I mean, it was the point where my girlfriend watches with me sometimes, mm-hmm. and she was like, I like this angle. And, I, and that's, that's weird. That's rare for her to be like, I like this, especially right now. But it, mm-hmm. it, was, it, it happened when they set the seeds last week uh, with Xavier just acting out of it. Yeah. Xavier Woods was acting like just, but they didn't mention it very much, which I liked. So yeah. they just they planted the seeds that he, and then people started noticing, hey, he's not like himself. And Xavier played that role so well, even when he wasn't talking, like because you're used to seeing him not like that, right? And so it was intriguing. And then they gave us a good payoff on the fourth on this last Monday with having him. That's see, that's logic. He like is giving you real reasons why he's terrified and why this group needs to be serious and this other dynamic of New Day that we haven't seen yet. And Kofi and uh, Big E don't get it yet, but I think he's going to convince them. Or if not, you know, he's going to end up, I don't know what's going to happen with him, but I'm super intrigued by this angle. I'm very intrigued too. I'm super curious. Like, and I think that they finally have given New Day some depth and I'm really excited about where it could go. I've been yeah. reading some, uh, you know, just some theories on it. And someone's like, oh, Xavier's going to cost them the tag team titles or something like that. Yeah. Or they're going to break up or... This is just a lead-in to the draft, which is probably going to split them or something. like I don't know. That'd be uh, lame. I think that would be crazy. That would yeah. be insane, and that would suck to split yeah. these guys up. Like, like the best thing on TV. I don't know. But anyway, two other things that I noted from Raw that I liked. Uh, Cena and the clubs uh, segment where yeah. uh, beat up John Cena seemed to become a, a thing, which <laughs> I thought was hilarious. And so I really like the fact that, I mean, AJ's great on the mic and they're finally giving them some time to talk. Yeah. I love that, that they're also letting the club speak. Yeah. And, and those guys are funny. And uh, I thought that was great. They start talking about the different holidays. I watched that like four times. Like I had to rewind it. <laughs> like there's not a lot of scenes in, in Raw these days where I'm like, yeah, I'm cracking up. But I've been enjoying the, that AJ. The AJ Cena angle has been really good. It's good stuff, man. I think... Yeah. And I've been arguing or trying to figure out every episode with my guests usually, what is this quote-unquote new era? Like, what's the new era about? Is it no about one knows, just dude. giving guys opportunities? Is it about putting dream matches together on, on putting them in the ring? Uh, is it like reality-based storylines? Like, I, what is it? <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's. I think it's like just it's it's just an acknowledgement that I think that they need. They know they need to do something different. But I don't think they really know what to do. So they're just saying, oh, it's the new era. Well, yeah. and maybe the NXT is kind of inciting that because they've had some traction with like a different sort of product with NXT, a different presentation. Yeah. But, I, but it's, it is. It's bizarre. And I've heard on a, a couple – I listen to wrestling podcasts like religiously every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and no one – everyone's trying to figure out what the hell the new era means. And it just seems like another continuity problem, like a standard yeah. – like they're like saying here's the new era, but where's the, where's the logic? Like where's the logic? Where's your proof of like how is it a new era? Yeah, like what's new about it, you know? So I think it's just kind of letting guys go at it. And I feel like it's kind of a tweener era sort of, yeah. you know what I mean, where guys are just kind of going at it. And it's like if they cheer them, they cheer them, they boom, they boom. Yeah. Know? So that is definitely a tweener era. I do feel like it is. I mean, and that's just a smart fan 
yeah. you know, which makes it this era, you know. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, the third thing that I, I liked about Raw, or that's at least interesting, is what's happening with Seth, Roman, and Dean's triple threat match coming up at Battleground. Yeah. <laughs> um, Seth Rollins is going out of his way to, like, bury Roman every mm-hmm. chance he gets on the mic. Yep. And I think it's it's interesting. Do you think there's a possibility that Roman comes back repackaged in some way that either he's he's full heel, uh, maybe a new look, maybe yeah. new music, something because he's going to have to acknowledge all the stuff that Seth's been saying. Like they, well, they could just forget about it. They could be like, <laughs> oh, forget continuity, like they normally do. They might, yeah. They might they just, might just forget about it and just have him do whatever he does. And, oh, here's just, you know, here comes Roman Reigns again. <laughs> right. They uh, could. So I mean, do you think anything's going to happen? Do you see anything different happening? I don't see. I don't. I see him. I see them just going the chorus and doing the same thing with him or burying him a little bit because he hasn't. I think they're finally starting to see that he hasn't ready for that role yet yeah. or maybe to try to move him in a different spot. Seth Rollins is really shedding light on that because Seth Rollins is really, really good on the mic. <laughs> and yeah. really really convincing and like and so is dean ambrose in his weird way i'm not a huge dean ambrose fan but like i I appreciate what he does and i I like him better than roman reigns yeah i do like roman reigns though too like i i used to hate these guys he's like roman reigns scene i used to be that standard dude but Mm -hmm. i actually don't the more i see roman reigns i i I think it's more just the role that wwe makes him fit into that i don't like it's not him and i think that's what a lot of the crowd's acknowledging it's not roman reigns sucks necessarily it's that we don't want to see him as this face or whatever they're trying or to push the guy for. you know yeah like, this is just terrible no one believes that he as... doesn't believe it when he says it <laughs> yeah so i don't want to see him it just as... doesn't work it has nothing to do with like you know him not being good enough it's like we just want believable characters and he's not he's not buying into that character that he is so hopefully they do repackage it but why do you think they're do you do you have a feeling they're going to repackage it based on something? I don't know. I just I thought I, a friend of mine said it. We were at um we went to Raw after Money in the Bank, I think, which is when the suspension came down. And he's like, "Man, that suspension is probably a work. Like, I think they're just going to keep him off TV for 30 days just so he can come back, you know, refreshed or something." Yeah. I don't know. But that my friend saying it made me think about it. Yeah. But yeah, they I, there's no other reason. I don't have any reason. I don't have any inside information or anything. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say if anybody think. has inside information, it'd be you. <laughs> nah, oh, no. man. Uh, yeah, I, I got nothing. And then if I did, I don't think I'd say it on the podcast. But yeah, I would say I would be like, don't say anything. That would be the end of my inside information. But um, yeah, <laughs> man, I got nothing, dude. And I, I don't know what they're gonna do. I think it wouldn't be a bad idea. But just based on what they've done in the past, I feel like he comes back same old. And same music, same chest, <laughs> just chest protector, and same old, you know, everything. But um, I wouldn't mind seeing a shakeup. And um, and you're right. I think it's just the fact that Seth is so good on the mic that it that it really shines a light on it. So it you know, he he's cutting a heel promo, but the crowd is like, yeah, you're right. You yeah. Know? Yeah, and that's and that's probably good. That's that uh, it, it's probably good. Roman Reigns isn't around because he'd be getting buried by Seth times 10 if he was standing next to him in the ring with a mic oh yeah he couldn't he couldn't handle that he can't hang with that so i don't know man i feel like he's unfortunately been exposed and overexposed and um i draw a lot of uh similarities with him and goldberg but i think i don't know maybe it was a different era but i was into goldberg and i was way into him three moves or whatever or 10 minute five minute matches i didn't care like i thought goldberg was amazing and intense 
and I loved it. You know, I think I, it's just it's the believability thing. And that's yeah. the only difference between the two. Like Goldberg, you're like, oh yeah, that dude could mess some people up just looking at him. And yeah. the way his intensity when he would come out yeah. was like off the charts. Like, and then Reigns again, he doesn't. He, I I don't buy him. I don't buy his aggression. I don't. He's athletic, super athletic, but I don't buy like. He doesn't seem like a real dude. We want to believe that these guys are part real mm. as their character. Wow. All right. Interesting. But okay. That's what I think. I mean, Goldberg would kill Roman Reigns in a match. Uh, I think so. I think so too. <laughs> I have guys that my, some of my friends who disagree, like, no, Roman's actually better than Goldberg was. Oh, I don't I'm know like, about that. We might, we might get to see that. You, what? You think so? I, you know, Goldberg's in the video game, and uh, he was uh, talking with Stone Cold on a podcast, and he doesn't seem that opposed to coming back and doing a match, and I think that that might work, actually. Really? Goldberg versus Roman Reigns is actually kind of interesting. I think it would work. It just can't go over 10 minutes, probably. But No, no way. They wouldn't do I mean, you can only spear and punch people so many times. <laughs> I feel like they may be too similar to, to go at it, but maybe. I yeah. don't know. I, I would like to see it, though. So speaking of maybes and things like that, uh, they're about to announce Brock's uh, SummerSlam opponent. So real quick, any guesses on who that could be? I, th- I thought I knew until they did the, the New Day. I thought it was going to be Bray Wyatt. I was pretty sure it was going to be Bray Wyatt because mm. uh, they had teased that angle for WrestleMania, didn't do it. And then I was like, oh, they just shelved it. But mm. I don't know now because, you know, New Day has got New Day and the Wyatt's got a thing going on. Yeah, I have no idea so who I, it's going to be. I think it has to be someone who's not in a program, you know. That's what I was. That was my that'd be my next guess. But if they pull out some jobber like no one will care it's like jack swagger you know <laughs> well, yeah if they're, yeah that, that's the that's the, the problem with that so if they're going to do somebody off pro it's got to be somebody pretty significant yeah but so i don't really know who that could be. who's not in a program or hasn't been on tv in a long time uh yeah that's also true like a randy orton or something randy like that orton that was that's my guess but yeah. i don't know if he's ready to come back but i think that would be cool i heard that he is ready oh nice but, you know, it's the dirt sheets on the internet, dude. Yeah, I feel like you, a mark you know, because you know, <laughs> I feel like guys. none of that's true. Mark. Nah. Um, but honestly, like, I think Orton makes sense because, again, they're announcing a match. What? They're going to do it tonight, I think. They're going to announce it. And it won't happen for another month plus. So it has to be someone that doesn't take away from current programming. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and they're not going to be able to build it very much with Brock doing UFC in that in that time span as well. So, yeah, it's interesting. Is it going to? Does it? Are they? Yeah. How are they going to build it? Yeah, I don't know. I guess they can start <laughs> building it after. Well, at least with that person, that whoever his opponent is, just kind of cutting promos on him. I guess. But I, I was like surprised when they announced it. I was like, because I didn't like expect them timing, to do that. Yeah. I think WWE is trying to, and this is something I guess I picked up from a few podcasts too, is that people are, WWE is trying to stay on top of the news cycle. You know what I mean? And I think that that's like, they're, so therefore they're able to talk about a lot of things. Like they're talking about Roman suspension. Like they want, they want to be the source for this stuff, you know, like they don't want someone else to be the source. So they're trying to stay on top of the news cycles and the dirt sheets by announcing stuff first. Yeah, they are trying, and and the relationship with ESPN too is kind of like another, another way that they try to do that. Oh, absolutely. All right, so this is the let's let's end all the raw talk um, and get into what this actual podcast episode is about. This episode is about the art of the double turn. Now, for those of you who don't know, you guys out there who aren't in with the lingo, 
let me just break it down a little bit. Uh, basically, <laughs> a double turn is a booking device which is used to make a good guy or a face and a bad guy, a heel, mm -hmm. switch at the same exact time while they're in the middle of a feud. It's usually done to further a feud or to end a feud by playing off the strengths of the character or the current trends of where the audience's reactions are going. Yeah, or to get somebody over. Yeah, or to get someone over. Now, Which is a wrestling term for, I don't know, make them popular? Making someone <laughs> popular or unpopular, but just to get, you know, get a reaction. Get a reaction, yeah, yeah. exactly. So uh, classic double turns. We have to talk about the best one of all time, uh, in my opinion, and probably a lot of people's opinion, is Steve Austin versus Bret Hart, WrestleMania 13. You remember yeah. that match, right? That was the one. That That's was the double turn. The double turn. Like when you think of double turn, I think of that. I think of that picture of Stone Cold bloody in the yeah. in the sharpshooter, you know. And uh, so what was happening? I think uh, they were on top of so many different trends because they saw Stone Cold getting popular. Stone Cold's definitely the heel in this situation. He's he's tormenting Bret Hart. Yeah. Bret Hart's the classic, you know, good guy. And I think that his era was kind of coming to a close. Like the good guy classic was was over yeah and so all Bret Hart did was try to be the good guy but it just became lame and that's what was <laughs> happening and I think that that's what led to the double turn happening and working so well yeah because everyone knew Stone Cold was skyrocketing in popularity but all he was doing was disrespecting people so it was like wait this is, people like this okay which was crazy yeah and so they worked it out and uh they also had a special guest referee in that match do you remember who that was uh, Piper? No. Wait, hold on. Wait, no, don't tell me these things. Okay. Special referee. Mm -hmm. I'm looking back at Sean. No one <laughs> Sean just joined that. us. He's in behind me now. Oh. Sean's also a big wrestling fan in Moody Black. Um, definitely... Who was the special guest referee? All right, I can't give it away. So, you got it? Oh, Ken Shamrock. It was Ken Shamrock. Ah! Yeah, yeah so... I was just, I was trying to, wait, did he start? Yeah, he was the whole. He was he the ref the whole time. Yeah, he was. He was like referee and forcer or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but I remember. I now remember. He was he was a huge part of that. He was big, and so I think that was important because Ken Shamrock, I believe, was a face. I mean, he was a good guy at that time, and um, the fact that I think at the end of the match, I think what really kind of sparked it is one Stone Cold passing out to the sharpshooter and not giving up, but also. <laughs> Bret Hart not releasing the hold. So again, it's just it's just great psychology. Yeah. Not releasing the hold, pushing Ken Shamrock away, like, no, I don't want to, you know, I'm gonna hurt this guy. And yeah. it's like, but wait, you're the you're the wholesome good guy, you know? And yeah, he so snaps. He at snaps. The end. Well, you can see him snapping throughout the match. <laughs> yeah. Because it gets wild on the outside. So you can you kind of see that that turn in him happening throughout the match. Oh, absolutely. And so it's really great. And I thought that that's the best example. By far, and uh, I think it's probably one of the only examples that where it's happening based on ring like psychology, where it's based a lot like largely on the match itself. Yeah, absolutely, and it's it wild. doesn't that doesn't happen that often because the other ones that I've looked at, and on a couple different lists, they yeah. I, they were either ones I didn't agree with or that weren't really done well. Yeah, and so I'll talk about. The Demolition versus the Powers of Pain one, which happened in 1988 at Survivor Series. Now, I have not watched this recently, so it's just something that I Me was neither. reading about. <laughs> and uh, so so we remember Demolition being the, uh, 
you know, WWF's version of the Road Warriors, basically. Yeah. Two tough guys with face paint on. And then... Uh, and, a bad, and a bad, badass music. Oh, yeah. I love their theme. Great theme. Great, great, just... And I think, arguably, might have been a little better in the ring than the Road Warriors. Maybe a little. Maybe. Yeah, people fight you all day about that. Oh, yeah, they'll fight me over that. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... So what happens is they get... Um, the powers of pain under contract and the feud goes on and, the, and demolition's getting, they're getting increasingly over, even though they're heel. It's, yeah. It made more sense to turn these guys face. So the double turn happens. It's Mr. Fuji, who's a classic heel manager, yep. can't be a, a, a manager of a face. You know, just no, can't. he is a heel. Yeah. He's heel Period. forever. So he has to be the bad guy. So Survivor Series 88, he then switches teams turns to barbarian and warlord and uh and it was it was pretty seamless but unfortunately uh i think at the time powers of pain were kind of lukewarm so they weren't super hot so therefore <laughs> i was just about to say that that's probably why we don't remember it right this is why it didn't work it's because he was supposed to be fuji is the biggest heel in this match at this yeah. point where it's like yeah. boo fuji so therefore they it didn't really work so <laughs> So we get a, a we, and I think that the angle finally culminated with a WrestleMania four handicap match. <laughs> oh, even better! Which meant the powers of pain with Fuji would take on Demolition, so so that Demolition would get a chance to beat up Fuji and get cheered, and that was <laughs> that was really it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> me, you, you mentioned one before we started, and I wanted to talk about that one too. You talked about the uh, the Stone Cold one, right? Yeah, the Stone Cold and uh, Jake the Snake at uh, King of Ring, King of the Ring, the infamous Stone Cold promo. Yeah, this is where Three Sixteen was born, which happened, yeah. I guess, a little while ago, like in history. Uh, yeah, uh, the anniversary was recently, but um, but yeah, so just a little bit of background on that. So Jake was was face at that time. I'm guessing. I'm I think he was, but he was. It was hard for him to be a total face because people knew he had like drug problems. I think it's, you know he was. I don't know. I he was. I think he was going in as a face. I think everybody that fought Stone Cold in that era was a face, and he was supposed to be a heel. Okay, so I think that's what happened. Like Jake is trying to recover. Yeah. From, you know, he's coming back. He's on the road to recovery from drug problems. Yeah, he's exactly. Quoting, he's quoting Bible scriptures. Like he's like, yeah. I'm back. I'm, you know, I'm thinking positive and things like that. Yeah. And and again, just a difference in in the era and the trends. I think that good guys, classic good guys, were just not cool anymore. You know, and I think that's partially WWF's fault for when once Hogan left, they kind of made fun of him. You know what I mean? You, like, you <laughs> the Huckster and the Nacho Man. Yeah, you remember yeah. that? The prayers and vitamins, and we don't believe we're not insulting your intelligence anymore with prayers yeah. and vitamins. You know, like <laughs> I remember Vince saying that. Yeah, and, and you know, kind of like knocking the classic face, and I think that's he, well, he called him passe himself. Yeah, he did. Said the era was passe. He did, and I think that Stone Cold was you know the absolute opposite of that, and that's. That's why I worked out. And so, I mean, again, Stone Cold completely disrespecting people yeah. became popular. You know, it was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he basically, you know, talks about, you know, he cuts that epic promo and basically just belittles this, uh, you know, this guy trying to pick his life up. Who's <laughs> supposed to be, you know, you're supposed to have sympathy for the guy. And uh, the crowd was just all about Stone Cold. I mean, after the night, that next night, they had signs and everything about Austin 316. Oh, yeah, it was boring. I mean, and that's just, that's just, a, it's a weird turn because it's like, 
he went from it's like a heel or a face and a heel, and then he turned and he was kind of heelish in his behavior, but he became face in that. <laughs> it's actually really just crazy. It's a it's a weird one. Uh, one of my favorite ones, I think, another one that was done to perfection is uh, Survivor Series '98, The Rock versus Mankind. You remember this? Oh one? yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is one of my favorites. Yeah. So yeah, we lead in. Mankind is like doing everything he can to get in like Vince McMahon's good graces, and you believe that Mankind is becoming the corporate champ. You know, he starts wearing the suit and ties, and the I think it was a tournament to win the title, and uh, and so. The finals are him and Rock, and Rock is the good guy the whole way through. He's the people's champ. Yeah. And then uh, I don't what happened. I guess I still remember the classic like two count, and then the the double bird by was it Shane? Shane McMahon, yeah. I think yes. Yeah, Shane comes in with a referee's get up on. Yeah. And it looks like he's about to count three for mankind, and then he gives him the double bird, and That's they it. turn on him. And then Rock and mankind had one of the more memorable feuds, like of that era you yeah. know where they feuded the rest of the year yeah and uh had some classic matches so yeah, what did uh, you think was that done well you think that was done really well that was was that is that considered i guess i guess that is a double turn huh i guess so because yeah. I, I don't know totally there was a lot of shades of gray in that era yeah where that, that people was were like gray. Ugh, you know but uh yeah that what, what what happens after he flips them off see sean would know all this stupid <laughs> All right. so, yeah, I believe there's a there's a flip off, yeah. uh, and I remember that. maybe a kick in the balls, and then a rock bottom or something, and then a fast count, and then rock wins. Yeah, and that was and that was it, and then and then he became like uh, the rock became like the corporate champ and all that, right? Yeah, and th- is that and they had like his own pay per view after that? <laughs> he <laughs> like, did. He got his own pay per view, rock bottom. <laughs> That was, that was epic. Great. Yeah, that uh, The Rock was is one of my favorites, and, and back then was one of my favorites. So I remember being devastated though when he turned because I was like a kid, and you know when you're a kid and you like wrestling, like a lot of these John Cena fans probably, mm-hmm. like it's devastating when your dude turns like that. Oh, absolutely. Which is probably why John Cena will never turn at this point. He's really adamant against it. Yeah. So he's yeah. against he- it. Yeah, I will. Yes, I think so. I've heard several times just seen it because and Goldberg is the same way. I just heard his podcast with Stone Cold because they do so much work with uh, Make-A-Wish. Yeah. And they feel like they're, you know, those kids, you know, they're not able to like they don't, they don't really understand what's going on. And I, I guess I get that. Like that could be kind of devastating to have to be a bad dude. And then like afterwards, go like, you know, go help out a, a, a Make-A-Wish kid. That would be kind of conflicting. Okay. Yeah, I guess you're I right. could see that from their perspective, but at the same time, it is just a, sh- a television show. So yeah, it's just TV, <laughs> and I mean, kayfabe's dead. Like that's this is not that era anymore. They're all taking like selfies with each other on the beach. I mean, this is like yeah. it's a new era. <laughs> to, to and, yeah, quote, well, that, that's WWE. the new era: taking selfies on the beach with heels with your <laughs> arch enemy, arch like nemesis. Right, dude. Yeah. It was like times I remember re- listening to stories where people were like in Mexico, how it was so real, how yeah. like they couldn't travel together, they couldn't be seen entering the building at the same time. Like, no, until uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Iron Sheik screwed that all up. Oh yeah, they like rode together or something. They rode together, and it was like a huge deal. Like it was a big story. Like oh, they're supposed to be enemies. And like that was awesome though. Like people really believed it that much back then. They did, man. Yeah. Oh. That's that's missing though. I mean, it does hurt. I think that does hurt. Which is why I think nowadays the only thing you can hope to like kind of get a little bit of kayfabe back is 
Make storylines that could be believable. Just make them feel like they could be real. Like, hey, that could be real. Hmm. But maybe I think that'd be cool. Because now it's like, oh, we know it's all like fake. And it's so scripted. And the guys don't do their jobs really well as actors, even though they're not actors. But if they don't like portray it real enough, it takes you out of it. Yeah. So I think that's, that's one of the disconnects for me when I watch it. It's like, well, we know. Like, at least make it seem believable like a television show. Yeah. So, make, us, make us believe it a little bit. I don't know. Just a little bit. Hey, Xavier Woods did it, so it can't be that hard. Right, right. Oh, man. So I read another story that arguably Jake the Snake says that his match in WrestleMania 3 yeah. with the Honky Tonk Man counts as the first ever double turn. I'd have to watch this again, and I think I am going to watch it, and I'll, I'll comment on it next episode. I'm going to watch it, too. Because I'm curious. <laughs> now, you'd have, do you have the network? I do. Oh, yeah, okay. of course. All right, just making sure. All right. I watch it every day. I'm crazy. Wow. You're 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 nuts. I'm, I'm actually darling. I'm watching it right now and uh and I'm only watching it for the what I consider to be the number two classic double turn in uh in history. And it's a recent one. It's Dolph Ziggler and Alberto Del Rio. You consider that number I'm trying to remember I what think this it's is. Number two. All right, I'm, let me let me let me just run it back a little bit as far yeah. as I can. Now, this is a situation where Dolph Ziggler as a heel cashed in for this Money in the Bank briefcase on Del Rio the the night after WrestleMania yeah, 29, I guess? One of yeah. those. And, uh, and the crowd goes nuts when he does it. He <laughs> wins, and they're like, yeah! Now, remember, he's rolling with, like, AJ and Big E. He's, like, classic heel, like, yeah. you know, with the crew. Yeah. And next thing you know, after that, he has a concussion. And so he's not able to do a whole lot with his championship reign. Oh, yeah. And so, again, an injury usually changes things around, as we've seen with, like, Seth Rollins and guys like that. Yeah. When a guy gets hurt, he usually comes back face. And yep. so that was, that was just the beginning of the, the, uh, the problem, I guess. Yeah. And um, he didn't do much with his title reign, but he did offer Del Rio a return match, and it was that money in the bank. And this is when, I think... WWE pulled it off. Del Rio did what he's supposed to do in in logic and attack the weakness of the dude he's fighting, right? Yeah. So he starts attacking Ziggler's head. <laughs> and you know that Dolph Ziggler is probably one of the best at selling he is. in the business. Really good. Know? So Ziggler looks like he's dying in the ring. <laughs> Again, but he's a heel. Yeah. But he looks like he's being killed by Del yeah. Rio. In yep. the ring, so the crowd's like, "But, but you shouldn't hurt him." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so slowly but surely, they kind of switch face and heel as this match goes on. At the end, Del Rio wins the match. Fans didn't really want that because because Ziggler, I think, was so over. Yeah, but I think in the meantime, because Ziggler didn't give up, he kept fighting. Next thing you know, he's a good guy. Do you think that was an intentional thing on WWE's part, or do you think that just happened in the in the envelope of like the match? Maybe it happened, but I, I feel like they they had to you know figure out the match psychology beforehand. Yeah, and I think if they agreed that you know Del Rio would then try to go after Ziggler's head, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. You know what I mean? I I think that they had to talk about it, but then yeah. again, it could have been. I think most of the best double turns are you know. Are organic, you know what I mean, and maybe yeah. this wasn't totally written, but it just kind of happened that way. It did. I'm watching it... the the payback match, and 
Dolph's like way over, you know what yeah. I mean, as a heel. Like he's so over. Yeah. But again, I think his his just ability to sell and the fact that he had a real life injury turned the whole tables around. I don't know. Yeah, well, he's good at getting sympathy. <laughs> I mean, just as the way he sells is really good. And then pairing him with Del Rio, oh, Del Rio's vicious when he wants to be. Yeah. I actually think Del Rio is one of the most underutilized, underrated guys in WWE right now. I have yeah. no idea why they're treating him like, like, I don't know why they're putting him where he's at. I think he's amazing. I've always he, loved Del yeah, Rio. He could and, be but, in the title picture. Like, I, I feel like he should be. He's such a, he'd be a great heel champion. I think he's just a natural heel. So you talked about organic. I think that's why it works with guys like that. Yeah. And even when Stone Cold and Brett did that thing, when Brett turned heel, he was really organically a heel at that point. Like his ideals and all that and the way he talked, even though it was like he had integrity and like was respectful, <laughs> it came across so like heelish. It did. It did. Another thing they did, I think, in writing uh, that I didn't mention in that match, I don't know if you remember at the very end. Um, remember, he's got the sharpshooter on Stone Cold. Stone Cold's passed out. He won't let it go. Yeah. Then. Uh, Shamrock has to break in there and like yep. and like shove him or something like that, and he shoves Brett and Brett looks at him like, "What are you doing?" You know, yep. and he's like, he gets in his face like, "Let's go!" You know, like he wants to really go with Shamrock, and yep. Shamrock's like, "You want to do this?" And they square up, and then Brett does the heel move and backs yep. out. He backs <laughs> out of it. He gets and out that of the you lane. know what that that's a good point because that drove it home that and that did. was to- see that's totally planned. Oh yeah. It's planned because like, and that they, was that that was that was like what sealed the deal on the whole that whole turn double turn. Actually, there were the podcast with Goldberg. Stone Cold talked about that double turn, I believe. Yeah, um, and was talking about the end of the match, and it was just discussed that, that Vince Vince came up with the idea to have Stone Cold pass out okay. in that in the sharpshooter. But I guess all the blood and all that was all just you know that's that's Brett and Stone Cold putting that match together, which was a big part of that. Oh yeah, part. it was big. Like if he wasn't, you know, like I said, that that iconic pick of him just bloody, yeah. you know, I think that 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 helped so much with the story. Well, because it's totally believable that this guy would pass out, like just losing all that blood and the yeah. sharpshooter being on him that long. Right, right. I mean, absolutely. that was up. I mean, that's it. It's so perfect for his character. Like that is Stone Cold. Of course, he's not gonna quit. He can't like, quit. You gotta kill the guy. Right, right. He can't Stop quit. It. Oh, man. All right. So those are probably my favorites. But if any listeners have any other ones, feel free to add on. Let us know what you think. Um, I am going to watch that Jake the Snake Honky Tonk Man one. And uh, so real quick, again, I don't know how much you follow sports, but the main reason I came up with this double turn idea is uh, based on the recent news that Kevin Durant has decided to sign with the Golden State Warriors, a team that uh, he had dead to rights he had them beat last year three to one and didn't seal the deal okay. uh, a team that broke the record for most wins ever in a season <laughs> um, yeah. a team that is already a favorite to go back to the finals without him yeah. is a team that he has joined <laughs> so um, I think that that instantly turns him heel like I, I'm gonna cue so. the NWO music right here <laughs> <laughs> Like, I think it does, dude. I, I'm a huge again. That's an art. It's there's a couple of things in my life. It's music, wrestling, and NBA. I, I'm a huge basketball fan, and I'm a huge Kevin Durant fan. But um, yeah, you're right. It, it <laughs> but there's been sprinkles of heel Durant for a while. <clears throat> I think over the last two or three years, he's been he's been heel. <laughs> I think so. You're right. He's been like he's 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 lashed out against the media. Yeah. Like he's he said some things. 
So I think he's he's been healed. I think I don't know if you remember like five or six years ago, yeah. him speaking out on Twitter about guys like jumping teams and things. <laughs> and I think this is what makes it even funnier is that that's pretty bad. He's been like, dude, does everybody want to play for the the best teams now? Like whatever happened yeah. to competing? Yeah. You know, and then after a few years of playoffs losses, you <laughs> you change your mind. That's pretty. I, I see. I don't, and that's where I like. I'm a fan of Durant, but like I, I was kind of thrown off by that. I was hoping he'd stay. Hey, like you said, he was just on a team that should have beat Golden State. Like yeah. in this live, they should have been playing Cleveland in the finals. They should have um, beat him. And I and. Because I and Golden State was weird. I feel like there was some weird injury stuff going on behind the scenes. They weren't really. I I don't know. They didn't, like Steph didn't look right nah, after he got hurt, and mm-hmm. they just didn't have that intensity. But um, yeah, that's that's weird to me. Because personally, if I was Durant, I would never have left. Because I want to prove that I'm the best, and right. I don't want to go join another great player to get it. Because it wouldn't feel good. I don't think to win a championship like that. No, it's like technically. They only need about five more points per game to yeah. win the championship. <laughs> that, yeah. So you're going to be the guy that provides that extra five points. <laughs> that, that's, that's ridiculous. It's just, oh. <laughs> you go from being the man, you're an MVP two years ago, to like a guy on a team that's already championship material. So do you think that this is makes – are you saying that this makes Golden State a heel, the, the team itself? I don't know if it makes Golden State a heel, but I think that it, in turn, I think this is a double turn because I think yeah. it makes the Cavs now a favorite. Yeah. And, and everybody hated LeBron James, and they probably still do. <laughs> but I That's honestly a- think that this is, a, this is a turn. This is a face turn for LeBron because yeah. this is worse than him going to Miami in my opinion. Oh, like, it's way worse. You can't so even compare those two now, things. Granted, the decision I thought was whack. I thought him going on ESPN before he could actually talk to his team terrible. was terrible. But I think that this move is so much less respectable. Yeah. Like, this is Hogan joining the NWO, man. Like, this, <laughs> <laughs> this is it, it, man. I can <laughs> see the people throwing the trash into the ring right now. Like, I can, yeah. just, I can see it. This is, this is it, man. This is his heel turn. That's a good point. You know, I, I used and I I'm not a huge LeBron supporter and I haven't I don't like I mean he's shriveled up and all that, but like he he proved a lot to me in this finals and like taking that team and doing what he did and I can relate to like, you know, wanting to rep for your city and go back to your hometown and, and do well there. Like yeah. that has to feel amazing. Oh, yeah. And then all the work that he does for like he does a lot of really good work. So you're right, like it, it is kind of it's also timing because you're seeing all the like, in my opinion, the good aspects of LeBron and the fact that he's done this in different places, dude. It's it's getting hard to argue with the fact that he's been successful because for a long time it's like, well, he doesn't show up and blah blah, which is probably true. But like, dude, you can't argue his success. You can't argue it. Like he's been in, I think, like the last five or six finals. Like, so yeah, with, two, with different teams. Like, what, different that's teams. In, it's ridiculous. So yeah, you can't you can't argue with it. So I think that this is his. This is finally forgiveness for LeBron because a lot of people have not forgotten about the decision and all that. But I think no, that, that was pretty bad. That's it was pretty terrible. Bad. <laughs> so I, I honestly think that this is redemption. So it, <laughs> so where, where does where does Westbrook come. fit in all of this? Uh, Westbrook's gotta go. I think he's just gotta yeah. leave now. He yeah. may as well just go to the Lakers and just try to build something. You know, yeah, he I mean, did mention he's not gonna he's not gonna go for the extension. So I'm I'm pretty sure if, if OKC's smart, they're gonna get rid of him for something. 
They you don't want to lose him like Durant and get nothing. Yeah, you can't let a guy walk away like that. Yeah. Um, honestly, I think, and I had a friend tell me, like, that they knew that Durant was leaving. Like, they were like, there's no way that a player of his caliber should want to play with a player like Westbrook. And yeah. I, I think Westbrook's a great player. But, I mean, let's yeah. be honest. Like, he's not good at sharing the ball. No, that was always the problem. <laughs> and so he wants to be the guy. Like, so I, yeah. I think there's not enough balls to go around for any other star to work And he makes some stupid mistakes, dude. Westbrook does some things sometimes at the end of games. <laughs> just yeah. like, yeah, it's, it's almost akin to Bledsoe. Well, Bledsoe's way worse. Oh, he's worse. Oh, my <laughs> he's God. So much worse, though. But Are yeah. you a Suns fan? No, I'm not. Okay, good. Uh, I, I haven't good. been, you know, I haven't watched the Suns since Charles Barkley was there. But <laughs> yeah, those are the years. Yeah, man. But uh, I, I'm not, I used to be a Sixers fan, but they're pretty terrible. So <laughs> it's not much to cheer about. And our number one draft pick just got injured. So that's awesome. Oh, there you go. That's it. So yeah, it's over. But um, <laughs> there goes our hope again. But uh, So I guess we'll see if, uh, I guess we'll see it, it next year. Was, it's going to be an interesting year next year in the NBA for sure. Dude. And I, I don't know. I don't know if it puts the Cavs. I as the favor, I guess maybe they're the favorites now. I guess I maybe. I mean, you're at least a favorite to get out of the East. I think that. Oh yeah. But then again, uh, Dwight Howard's with Atlanta now, so. Yeah. And uh, and they're talking about Dwayne Wade coming to the Cavs. Have you heard this? Yeah, I heard about that today. <laughs> I was like, oh, here we go. Crazy. Like, let's let let's load up everybody. Like, I am yeah. not a fan of the super teams at all. Yeah. Like, I just I hate that. You know, like it's really it's it and that was I saw another good point. I don't know if I read an article about. Durant going to Golden State, you know, really waters down the league more because now, you know, you don't have those contenders anymore. You have OKC, San Antonio out of the West and then like Cavs and maybe Boston. Boston looks pretty good. But yeah, yeah. it's like you're basically saying there's like five or six teams that can legitimately win a championship. And that's it. If that. That's it. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. But anyway, I don't want to get too much into that. But oh. uh, without talking wrestling, I might have just caused a lot of my listeners to tune out over the last five <laughs> minutes. <laughs> That's it. But no, it's all good. They're like, nope, I'm done. Yep. But uh, but anyway, back to uh, wrestling. Um, anything right now? Like, who who's your who's your favorite guy right now? <laughs> that's on, a, that's a the, tough question. You know, my favorite guy right now isn't on Raw. My favorite guy right now is uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Ah, yes. I just think there's, there's no one like He's just so unique. I, and that's what I've been looking for in wrestling. Absolutely. Nakamura is great. Like, I think his match with uh, Sami Zayn, that was like, it's got yeah. to be my match of the year. It was so good. Yeah, it was uh, epic. But everything he does, though, is just it's so different and so unique and so cool. Yeah. And I'm and that's, see, that's what's weird about these NXT guys is I don't know what to do with them. Like, I don't necessarily want them to come up right away. Yeah, I was But I do ask, because do they you, need help up there. But Yeah, like, do you want them to be, like, in this draft and come up, like, yeah, like I, I don't know, and what's and that's that's the most intriguing thing, obviously, is this draft coming up. And actually, I don't know if you saw it on your ninety-minute RAW, but I was kind of I kind of marked out a minute or for a second for a Vicky Guerrero on RAW. What? She wasn't on there. <laughs> she, yeah, she was. She came out on RAW and cut like a thirty-second ear-piercing promo about wanting to run SmackDown. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. She got dragged out by security. Oh wow! Nice. Yeah, it was up. President show that. Well. So they're just been having people pop up and, you know, rally for their... I've I've been enjoying that. Even having people come up and lobby for their spot, wanting to run SmackDown. I really hope it's it's Kurt Angle. I really do. I, you know, he's saying that it's not, which is making me think that it is. (laughs) Or like that he's, he's like, I didn't... They've been saying he hasn't been contacted. 
about joining. And I'm like, dude, that's the one one of the dudes left that like deserves that last, just that last run. Absolutely. He's, he was amazing. He's one of, again, that's one of my favorite wrestlers too. Of, of my 10 top favorite wrestlers of all time, I'd put Kurt Angle in there. Oh yeah, he's up there for me too. Oh, that's another one. And we could we could possibly call that a double turn. Kurt Angle and Stone Cold. Do you remember the invasion yeah. angle and all that? Oh yeah. And the alliance and how I think they kind of realized that a whole angle was just dead. Yeah. And so right after the pay-per-view, they just completely just blow it up. I don't know if you remember that. What did they do? Remind me. So I think, I think I... like Team WCW loses to Team WWF. Well, of course, yeah. But WWF was Vince McMahon. Yeah. And Vince McMahon was was a, a, a face by default in this in this thing. <laughs> and so what happens is he comes out and it's like Vince is like you're a champion, Kurt Angle. And Kurt comes out with the belt. And yeah. then um, I think like he winds up beating up Vince McMahon or something. Like he, he like angle slams him or something. And then the crowd cheers. And then it's like, all right, there we go. <laughs> like yeah. we're back to normal now. And Stone Cold comes out as Team WCW. And then they're they're going at it. So it just like it turned everything around in like one time. I could be a yeah. little off with what happened. But that's basically how it went. You know, so that could be a double turn, angle, and then they all just completely turn. I think Vince was the was the key. He was the Mister Fuji in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lost art, dude. See, like Mister Fuji's or Vince or Stone Cold, <clears throat> like no one has heat, like real, real heat. You can't, or even there's not a lot of guys over in the current product. So it's <clears throat> it's difficult to do double turns when no one cares <laughs> right. about like like no one knows what anybody's about in the product. That's the that's the saddest. That's the thing that's the problem here. Yeah, and these guys are trading wins each and every week, and the 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 weekly or the monthly pay per views have become just Monday Night Raw. <laughs> it's it's kind of crazy. I enjoy the pay-per-views because it's just wrestling. You know what I mean? Like yeah. That's my favorite part. So when the pay-per-views start getting into too much backstage stuff and promos yeah. in the ring, and I'm like, oh, come on. Now it's raw. I always know? hate that because I feel bad for the crowd. I'm always like, that would suck to be there watching that on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just in the back for it. They're just in the back, yeah. But you're right. That's a good That's a good point. But like I've learned, too, that like people like like myself or maybe yourself, we're so into wrestling. Like We, we love the art form, or I do. Speaking for myself, I love the art form and I love like watching good matches. Yeah. But like the general audience wants crazy things to happen that is like beyond like they don't necessarily always care about the technical aspect of pro wrestling. Like That's back true. when they had all that hoopla, the NW when it was huge, you had all sorts of Fairweather fans that just enjoyed it for the spectacle and the drama and the and the storyline. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's the audience that's missing. I think we've, they've retained the audience like us because we're just going to watch every week regardless. <laughs> and they've pandered to the audience like us. Uh, yeah. But it hasn't been good for, for business, as Triple H would say. Yeah, like, it's not. People don't I'm totally on watch. the fence. About. I mean, yeah, like we talk about, I think, uh, so the Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens things come to, comes to mind. Like, I yeah. love those guys. I could watch them fight all day. But, you know, it's not necessarily best for business. It's not going to yeah. put butts in the seats. To cool and they aren't that. I mean, I love Kevin Owens and Sammy. I, I'm entertained. I love them. But, like, man, they, it's just like they're, they're not, like, larger-than-life personalities. No. no and that's not. what's missing, I think. Yeah, we need a personality in there. Which is terrible. I mean, it's like me and you saying, we, you know, we just got to make – we just need someone mainstream. We need a Fetty Wap. <laughs> like it, right. it doesn't make sense, but it does, if it you know. Does. Like it, this is why I was super hesitant to even do a wrestling podcast because I didn't want to yeah. be one of those guys talking about, yeah, you need to have big names on there. Like, yeah. can you imagine – 
three wrestlers sitting around like, you know, that that you know that Moody Black is all right, but man, if they just had Fetty Wap just pop up one time, it would just <laughs> so, it would just go over the top, man. <laughs> it'd be so infuriating. I'd be so mad. Now I hate myself for even thinking like that. But it's it's true. It's like you have to think in terms of numbers. Even if they said that, it's like, well, yeah, I guess more people would listen to that, which is horrible to even say. Yeah. God, more people into Fetty Wap than nice, independent, interesting music. It's pretty. That's our. That's what. That's where we live nowadays. But it's all good. It's really sad. We're helping the balance. But yeah, we're we're, we're we're helping the balance. All right. Well, I'm gonna wrap up the show with that note, and uh, I want you to let the people know how they can get in touch with you and how they can hear some Moody Black music. Let all they have to do is go to noiserap.com. Nice. Uh, noiserap.com has everything you ever wanted to know, <clears throat> and then Facebook Moody Black, Moody Black one on Twitter. That's it. Moody Black in the number one on Twitter. Because right. somebody has Moody Black, which is lame. Really? Yeah. And it's spelled M-O-O-D-I-E, Black. Don't look up M-O-O-D-Y because mm-hmm. you'll get a uh, poet. He's a, he's a poet by the name Moody Black. I think he's from Detroit. Uh, uh, but we're Moody Black, D-I-E, M-O-O-D-I-E, Black, and NoiseRap.com. That's how you find us. Nice. All right. So now I have to ask you to give me a musical selection for the show. I need you to tell. Give me a song. Bonus points if it's a song either about wrestling that mentions a wrestler or anything like that. But yeah. just give me a, a song selection. It can't be the Macho Man rap album because I've, <laughs> I've been doing that like every other week. So, <laughs> so I got to give you a, a song selection? Yeah. You got to pick a song. I can't pick a song. I can pick a song, like any song. Any song. But again, bonus points if it's a wrestling-related song. I got to think about that. All right. All right. You think about it. It's got to be a, a bonus points for a wrestling-related song, but it can't be Macho Man's rapping. It can't be Macho Man rapping, but it could be like someone who mentions a wrestler in a song, you know, like a name <laughs> drop or. Well, I just heard, you know, I just heard the stuff you've been doing, okay. which is uh, Monday Night Random. Monday Night Ran, yeah. Monday Night Ran, uh, which was awesome. <laughs> thanks, man. Uh, it could be like a person's theme song if you're into a particular theme. Um, last week I played uh, Nakamura's theme. I, I really That's a good that. theme, dude. It is. It's good. Uh, you know what? I had a good. I had a. The other day I had a thought. So yes, about the song because I. You know what the I like. Here's the song we should do. I don't know the name of it. I know that has names because it's on Google Music. The Enzo and Cass theme song. Mm, okay. I like the dude. I was so mad when CFO <laughs> took over. I don't know if you know who's doing their music. CFO. Yeah. Has taken over Jim Johnson. I think they work together, kind of. Um, I think so. And at first, I was like, so this, I was like, oh, these guys suck. Because some of those new themes I, did, I wasn't a fan of. Mm-hmm. But then I saw Enzo and Cass come out the last couple of times, which are some of my favorite guys as well. I love those guys. Yeah, I love them. But like, they, I'm glad CFO is doing it because they, they kind of built, they kind of capture that magic that Jim Johnson would. Because they have like that, that intro comes in and has a nice drop on it. So yeah, Enzo and Cass is the song I'm going to say. I'm going to pick. All I don't right. know the name of it though. Cool. I, Maybe so. it's called Soft or something. It's probably called Soft. <laughs> probably the first time I heard it because be I wasn't called Soft. Of course. I would hope it is, but um, the first time I heard it was on the uh, on the video game actually, the uh, WWE 2K game because I don't I didn't really watch NXT when they were there, yeah. but it came up and I was like, what is this? This is really interesting. So it made me watch it. And man, Enzo is so good on the mic. He's I say it week week after week. Like I haven't heard a guy that good on the mic since like classic rock. You know what I mean? Yeah, me neither. Right. And you know what? I'm I'm actually impressed with Cast too. Cass like at first I was like, oh, he's just, but he's he's impressive. Yeah, he's been holding it down, man. Yeah. And they know that. Look at look, they're putting him with Cena, dude. They 
WWE has recognized how awesome these guys are, I think. Oh, totally. I thought it was that's funny because one week they did New Day with Cena, and yeah. then New Day went into their own thing, and yeah. then and it's they just popped Enzo and Cass right in there. <laughs> that's awesome. Which is great for them, man. That's a huge look. It is. It makes sense too. It actually, works. it does. It makes sense. The hip hop guys all together. <laughs> <laughs> Or a Southern Southern Baptist preacher, depending on what city he's in. <laughs> right. God, yeah, dude, yeah, I've heard of the right. switch in the mid, in mid sentence, like go from like, oh, I'm a thug rapper, to like, oh yeah, but I'll go to football games and like, it's crazy. <laughs> really, like, heard him mid, switch like in promo, like mid sentence. Wow. He doesn't know what I don't even know. He knows what he is, but he, yeah. anyway, he had a cool. We're all, now we're all off topic, but he did. There was a cool video with him, uh, John Cena, where he's doing like a PSA. Yeah. About like, uh, like our country or patriotism. Patriotism. There's a word thrown around a lot. It inspires passionate debate and is worn like a badge of honor and with good reason. Because it means love and devotion for one's country. Love. For a word designed to unite, it can also be pretty divisive. You see, there's more to patriotism than flag sequin onesies and rodeos and quadruple cheeseburgers. Patriotism is love for a country, not just pride in it. But what really makes up this country of ours? What is it we love? It's more than just a huge rock full of animals like cougars and eagles, right? It's the people. Do me a favor. Close your eyes for a second. I want to try something else. Picture the average US citizen. Think about it. How old are they? What's their hair like? How much can they bench? You got one? Okay, so chances are the person you're picturing right now looks a little different than the real average American. There are 319 million U.S. citizens. 51% are female. So first off, the average American is a woman. Cool, huh? Is that what you're picturing? 54 million are Latino. 40 million senior citizens. 27 million are disabled. 18 million are Asian. That's more people in the U.S. than play football and baseball combined. Nine million are lesbian, gay, bi, transgender, more than the entire amount of people that live in the state of Virginia. Around 10 million are redhead, 5.1 million play ultimate frisbee, and three and a half million are Muslim. Trip the number of people currently serving in the United States military. Almost half the country belongs to minority groups. People who are lesbian, African-American, and bi, and transgender, and Native American, and proud of it. We know that labels don't devalue us, they help define us, keeping us dialed into our cultures and our beliefs and who we are as Americans. After all, what's more American than freedom to celebrate the things that make us, us? I mean, it's stitched into the stars and stripes of this country, from the Constitution to Gettysburg, to our motto, E Pluribus Unum, from many, one. It's even in our country's name, the United States. This year, Patriotism shouldn't just be about pride of country. It should be about love. Love beyond age, disability, sexuality, race, religion, and any other labels. Because the second any of us judge people based on those labels, we're not really being patriotic, are we? So let's try this one more time. Close your eyes. Picture the average Joe or Joan or Juan or Jean-Luc. The real people will make America, America. And this year, whenever you feel the urge to don those star-spangled shorts, set off fireworks the size of my biceps to show love for our country, 
Remember that to love America is to love all Americans. Because love has no labels. All right, well, thanks so much, Chris, for being here. And I'm going to get on out of here. Any final words? No, nah, man, that's it. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be a part of a wrestling podcast. And I'm going to have some wrestlers on our podcast when I can get them to be on our damn podcast, which oh, is happening man. sooner rather than later. But you oh, know how it is. But thanks, dude. I'll, I'll be in touch, too. So Cool, man. Also, tell them how to get the podcast, man. Uh, which one? My podcast or your? They know how to Not get yours. mine, yours. Uh, that's the same thing. Uh, actually, Mood House Podcast, you can look that up on iTunes. Uh, right. Mood House Podcast via iTunes. M-O-D-H-O-U-S-E. No crazy rap spelling on that. Just Mood House Podcast. Do a Google search, too. It's on Stitcher. It's on iTunes. It's on SoundCloud, too. So Nice. There you go. All right. Where well, is this podcast at? Where do you host it? Um, we go to iTunes. I host it on my website, OmegaRand.com. And cool. then it goes directly to iTunes. I haven't done Stitcher and all that cool stuff yet, though. It's cool. They they mess up every now and then, but that's, yeah. a, that's another conversation for another day. But, dude, thanks a lot. And uh, I'll be in touch and keep doing these and keep doing your Comic-Cons and rapping. You're a weekend warrior. You're in, If you're a wrestler, you'd be the weekend warrior, like a Tony Atlas. Yes. <laughs> or like a Tatanka. Ah, Tatanka. <laughs> or Virgil, for that matter. <laughs> no, you're not there yet. We, me and you can both run that circuit, though, in like 20 years. Oh, we totally. get all sorts of of like awesome podunk places there in used rap. To be a, a, I guess there is a possibility to do that in rap because there's this thing called WrestleCon that I went to during WrestleMania. Yeah, and like all the old cats are there, like Virgil's there, and classy <laughs> Freddie Blassie, and all these guys are like charging for photos and autographs. It's great. Oh, we're doing that. We got to do that. We need that. We get a booth rappers. together. No one will be on my booth, and you'll have all the video gamers of yours, <laughs> and you can take pictures of me and call me Lonely Moody Black, and we'll be good. Just like Virgil. <laughs> Poor awesome. guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I'll be I'll be in touch, dude. This, this is really fun. So I'll see you around. All right. Cool. Talk to Later. you soon. Peace. Later. You're soft. You sloppy. They calling me poppy. I'm rolling in bands. You riding around and I beat up jalopy. There you go. Pros want a cop, but they are just not. I'm up in the club, stacking the dubs, and stuck in a lot. I'm hot like sauce. You soft like balsa. You ain't heard of me? Well, you probably are. Ask about me. Nice to meet So good to see. Bros wanna act hard, they need to take it easy. You soft. When I'm ready, no. you salt like spaghetti. I'm walking a walk, talking to talk, calling you soft. I'm a cook on a sword. See me out on the floor, and you getting jelly the way all these girls be up in the roar. What's up, man? You need a slap of the chin. You soft as a sin. Bada bing, bada boom. Don't make me say it again. Nice to meet So good to see. Bros wanna act hard, they need to take it easy.
off your slop. They calling me pop. I'm rolling in bands, riding around, and I'll beat up Jalop. Hey, dog, pros want a cop, but they are just not on me. I'm up in the club, stacking the dubs, and stuck in a lot. I'm hot like sauce. You soft like balsa. You ain't heard of me? Well, you probably are. Ask about me. Nice to me. So good to see. Bros wanna act hard, they need to take it easy. Like spaghetti. I'm walking a walk, talking to talk, calling you soft. I'm a cook on a sword, see me out on the floor. And you get in jelly the way all these girls be up in the roar. What's up, man? You need a slap of the chin. You soft as a sin. Bada bing, bada boom. Don't make me say it again. Nice to me. So good to see. Bros wanna act hard, they need to take it easy. Hey party people, it's Kate Murdoch here. And I want to talk to you about something real fresh, real new that myself and Mega Ran are doing now. And it involves you, the fans. Myself and Mega Ran just launched a Patreon, a monthly way for you all to subscribe to us and what we do. For as little as one buck a month, you'll get free exclusive downloads, a guaranteed song a month, and if you pledge at the $10 level, you'll get a free project a month. Whether it be something we do together, whether it's something solo, a side project that I engineer or produce, it's guaranteed exclusive for you Patreon supporters. So, if you really like what we do, then this is the time to get down and join us. We are trying to bring back that Nintendo Fun Club vibe because this is essentially a fan club. Club for the real fans. So check it out. Patreon.com slash bits and rhymes. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash bits and rhymes. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 